you've done a bunch of notable roles. Can you speak to some of them? Tell us about those. Let's see. I did The Upside with Kevin Hart. That was an interesting experience because Brian Cranston was playing a wheelchair user and he's not actually in a wheelchair. So I had some hesitation about doing it. How do you feel about (laughs) actors that aren't disabled taking disabled roles? I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I feel like there are so many people with disabilities who are really incredible actors. And if we don't get auditions to play disabled roles and we don't get auditions to play non-disabled roles, we are completely left out of the conversation. I think if people feel that someone's going to look at you differently because of your disability, like maybe they won't. Like don't have that in your head. Yeah. I think especially once you become disabled, there's still like so much you have to offer and sometimes even more. Like before I became an amputee, I feel like I was less empathetic, less of a strong person. And now I feel like I'm a better version of myself. Oh, you fucking want to be famous. <laughs> Guys are looking sharp. Zach Dingy, Tony Capoletti. Two Hoops, Three Legs Podcast, where we share business tips, interview experts, and travel the world. This week on Two Dudes, Three Legs. Welcome back to the Two Dudes, Three Legs Podcast with your host, Zach Dingy. Tony Capoletti. Today, we sit down with Rachel, the bionic brunette. Badass name. <laughs> and we go all over her story. She's an actress, director, writer. She's got a new film coming out called Unlucky, Unlucky in, in Love. Love. She's also a singer. She does a lot of work in advocating disabilities. And this interview is just in time for Limb Loss Awareness Month. So we're very excited to have her. And remember to keep sending in your limb loss challenge videos. Let's get this started. Let's start it with, give us your story of how you became an amputee, because we would like to hear that story. Ah, yes. The million dollar question. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So I was in a car accident, uh, long story short, but the longer story is I went around a curve on a rainy day and um, sort of skidded into another car and we both pulled over to wait for the police because it was like, like a minor fender bender. And then another car spun around the curve and hit me while while I was standing outside of my car. So technically I was a pedestrian at the time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I remember, I remember seeing the other car and being like, that car is about to hit me, but not having time to get out of the way, you know? Um, Yeah. I wish I had like super speed, like superhero capabilities back then, but I did not. Yeah. Something. Yeah, exactly. Well, look at the journey it's taking you on now. Yeah, yeah. That's how I always look at it. It's like, I don't know if I would change anything because look at where we're at now. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that you can like, make the best of everything, Ooh, you I know? Like that. Yeah. yeah okay. I always say everything happens for you, not to you. Mm. It's like, if you look at it like, oh, it's a, it happened to me, woo is me. You look at it like, oh, that happened for me to take me on this path or this journey, you know? Yeah. So yeah. how long ago was? I like that. Um, so that was 2012. So that was 11 years ago. Oh, okay. I just celebrated my 11 year anniversary March 3rd. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so when you became an amputee and now you've been on this journey of, of writing and, and, and directing, but you were an actor before that, right? Actress. Actress. Right. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Actress. I'll respond to both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I went to Westminster Choir College for musical theater. And after I graduated, I moved to New York City right away and I was like auditioning and um, performing. And this was all while I was still non-disabled. Um 
I worked at Bucks County Playhouse for a while doing like four shows a season. Mm. I um, played Marion in The Music Man. And I was just like, I felt like I was starting to make a name for myself Mm -hmm. in the musical theater world. And then less than two years after I graduated is when the accident happened. Um, And it actually happened while I was on my way to an audition from Queens into New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely like... (laughs) I guess there's no ideal timing for becoming an amputee losing a leg, but it definitely felt like the worst timing. Mm. I was literally in the hospital getting calls for like callbacks for Broadway shows and off Broadway Mm. and offers. And I was like, yeah, I can't do any of that. I'm in the hospital minus a leg right now. How long were you in the hospital? Um, About a month. I just literally had to wait for my skin to grow back. Okay. Um, Yeah, because the accident, like my leg was gone. It took it right off. It was right off. Yeah. So in some ways I'm like, that sucks. In other ways I'm like, at least I didn't have to make the choice. I've heard so many horror stories of people who didn't lose their leg completely and they're way worse off yeah years of recovering yeah just years on crutches not sure like how to manage the pain and I also feel like that's a big reason why a lot of people have phantom pain too because you live with the pain for so long Mm. in your leg whereas like for me I never had pain in that leg as soon as it was gone it was gone and I've never had that's the same case for me I very rarely like I'll get a sharp pain every once in a while but it's nothing like what other people explain to me as their phantom pain totally I guess that's probably why I wonder if that's it yeah because in the hospital I would get some where I would feel like my leg was on fire Mm. but that also might have been because I didn't have any skin covering the muscles at the time so I don't know if that was necessarily phantom pain yeah but yeah that's my theory Yeah. So that's a good point. What is that like in the hospital? You know, you're, you're initially lost your leg, but you're getting all these callbacks to go on shows and it's like, that's gotta be disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was pretty brutal. Like mentally I was like, um, am I ever going to have this like experience again of going to an audition and booking a role? Because I had never even seen what a prosthetic leg looked like. I had no idea like even like there's a socket and there's a metal piece and there's a foot. I had no idea what it looked like. So I was like, is anyone going to hire me? You know? Um, but pretty soon after I got out of the hospital, I started like Googling like agents for people with disabilities and other actors who are amputees. And I quickly found Anita Hollander, who is also an amputee. And she has been doing musical theater for the past like 30 years. She wrote her own one woman show and she works pretty consistently. So that gave me a lot of hope. So yeah, even when I was down, I was still looking for ways to like find hope. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Always, right? Now, is Anita Hollander, yeah. is she doing what you're doing, which is looking for those roles specific to amputees, or is she just going with whatever? Yeah, that's a great question, because I feel like every actor with a disability is different. Um, she has always been focused more on theater, and because of the um, way her leg was amputated due to cancer, she doesn't have most of her legs. So a lot of the roles that she plays do have something to do with disability just mm. because it's harder to hide her disability. Right, above the knee is much Yeah, tougher. which I think is so interesting because that's just like another level of the complexity of being an actor with a disability. Like for me, I can hide it. I can be mm. a nurse who doesn't have a disability. I can be the jury for person who doesn't have a disability. 
Um, but for a lot of people with disabilities, that isn't the case. You can't hide it. So there's always like for me in a way, I feel like I have more privilege because I have more options available where I can play roles that don't involve disability. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you get out of the hospital, you're inspired. Yeah. (laughs) And now let's fast forward a little bit. You've done a bunch of notable roles. Can you speak? To some of them, tell us about those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel very fortunate, but I've also worked my ass off. So right. um, I have an agent now. And um, actually, I started with Gail Williamson at KMR Diversity, and she recently retired. But Gail has been an incredible advocate for actors with disabilities. And now Katie McGrath is leading the way, and she's been an incredible agent. Um, but back then, I was with Gail, and I booked Law & Order SVU. I was mm. the jury for person. And that was my first, uh, TV gig. And it was also the most nerve wracking gig because, uh, it was like the last shot of the day and it was in front of like Mershka Hargitay and all the series regulars were in the courtroom and it was also packed with a lot of background actors. So it felt almost more like a theatrical performance because there were so many people. And I had to repeat the same line. I kid you not at least 20 times so they could get each camera angle of all the series regulars. So it was super intimidating, uh, but everyone on set was really, really lovely. Um, So Law & Order was my first. And then let's see, I did The Upside with Kevin Hart, um, which was really cool. That was an interesting experience because Brian Cranston was playing a wheelchair user and he's not actually in a wheelchair. So I had some hesitation about doing it. So real quick before we just buzz over that, how do you feel about (laughs) actors that aren't disabled taking disabled roles? I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I feel like there are so many people with disabilities who are really incredible actors And if we don't get auditions to play disabled roles and we don't get auditions to play non-disabled roles, we are completely left out of the conversation. Yeah. So I really hate when that happens. Yeah, it's kind of like there's so many people who could probably portray it better. They live through it. Although Brian Cranston... He's I mean, the man. He's a pretty incredible <laughs> yeah, actor. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, it felt, sort of felt like a catch-22. Like, I want to accept this role, and I understand why they cast him. He's a brilliant actor. He um, has been a disability advocate. Like, on Breaking Bad, he worked with R.J. Mitty, who has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and they cast that no, role that's authentically. that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, like, it felt That it is, felt of weird. any of the shows yeah. I've ever watched, that has to be the most standout role I would think unless I'm missing something big but as far as like just throwing someone in there that's disabled yeah. and for no reason other than to just have him there yeah like, it was pretty incredible yeah. yeah yeah I think that's also part of why the show did so well is because they thought of things like that they thought of such authenticity yeah um, and I think that was really I really special the hell out of that show <laughs> I think I watched it in like two months start to finish wow. I waited till it was out all the way wow that's yeah. impressive well, yeah I don't know if it's impressive or incredibly lazy it's a lot of couch <laughs> a lot of couch time going back yeah. to what you're saying with amputees uh, uh, people taking on roles that aren't amputees and that mm-hmm. kind of not being right and they wish didn't happen that way when you're going out looking for roles in the beginning are you trying to only go for roles where you're gonna your leg is gonna be shown and you're working with uh, disabilities or in the beginning are you just like i'll take any role and now it's you're only trying to work where it's showing your disability how is that being played 
I still go for any role just right. because if I focused only on disability specific stuff, I would never work. Yes. Right. So, so <laughs> it's so rare. I have been really lucky the past um, year. The bigger roles that I've booked on like bigger shows have been disability specific, which mm. has been really cool. So I do feel like there's a trend moving more towards it like seems disability like it. inclusion. It, and I don't know if it's on my art. What's it called? RAS. Yeah, mm. So I don't know if it's just that, but like, I feel like I see commercials all the time now for yeah. amputees, like a lot of amputee yeah. stuff and not just because it's amputee awareness month or limb loss awareness month, mm -hmm. but I feel like I've seen it over the last couple of years. It's just become so much more popular, but then again, I did just become an amputee. So like, right. I don't know what it is. Right. Um, yeah. Well, it's been cool because like interview with the vampire, I played peg leg Doris and yeah. they wanted to cast someone with a prosthetic leg. Like I, I felt very honored that they chose me and mm. they built the leg for me and they were so inclusive. And I feel like it almost ended up costing them less than if they cast someone without a prosthetic leg because of all the CGI that they would have right. had to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and I did best foot forward and that was an incredible show because it was all about a kid with a prosthetic leg who's going to school for the first time and how to deal with like looking different and, um, like I was in the Halloween episode and they had another kid with a disability in that episode as well. And, um, it was just, it was such a special episode. I'm not going to do it just, just by like, just talking about it. Like you have to watch it. It was yeah. so good. But, um, the scene I was in, I played a prosthetist to a young girl with a prosthetic leg and she meets the main actor who plays a young Josh Sunquist. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he talks to her in the prosthetist office and, you know, she's feeling a little, um, self-conscious about her leg and so is he and she's dressed as a butterfly it's Halloween and he's dressed as a bear but it doesn't really look like a bear <laughs> um and you know he's like well she's like you know I just feel like a girl with one leg and he's like well what do you see when you look in the mirror and she's like a girl with one leg and he says well I see a butterfly and someday you'll see that too Aww. and I thought it was really sweet and it was just like such a cool episode because his character is feeling self-conscious about the prosthetic leg it breaks in the middle of the school day and he's so upset because like this was the one day on Halloween where he felt like he could dress up and people wouldn't notice his leg and then he has to go back to school on one leg, but he changes his costume to a gingerbread costume. And um, on the like runway, they end up like, his sister ends up running up to him and hacking off his leg with an ax. And everyone at first in the audience is like, <gasps> what? and then they're like, oh my God, that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, <laughs> now, I'm not doing it justice. It's such a good episode. So we gotta go watch it. Yeah, you gotta um, go watch it. So yeah. you were his prosthetist in that episode, right? Yes. So it was I your was fault his prosthetist. the leg broke No, in the no, episode. actually, I was the girl's prosthetist. Oh, okay. Josh Sunguist was the kid's prosthetist. So yeah. it's his fault that the leg broke. There you no, go. No, it's no one's fault. It happens. Josh. You know, it <laughs> What happens. has been uh, your personal experience with prosthetists? Oh, you know what? Um... I feel fortunate I've had some good ones. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, right now, actually, I haven't been to the prosthetist in like a year. <laughs> I've really? been lucky because- I mean, because, that's a good sign. Yeah, right? my leg has been feeling great. Honestly, it's been such a struggle. Like since 2012, I've had three or four surgeries, oh. um, revision surgeries. Yeah, because because of the 
trauma of the way my amp- my leg was amputated, I had extra bones growing on the bottom of my leg, like, like little spurs? bone spurs. Yeah. yeah. And they were almost poking through the skin. So I had to have a That's surgery painful, to get rid of right? them. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That was really painful. Um, and then I had surgery just to remove the screw in my leg. And then in 2020, the day like everything shut down because of the pandemic, mm. I had another surgery. And that surgery actually ended up like, I almost think of it as saving my life because it led me to here where I have no pain when I walk now. Oh, awesome. It was really incredible. And, you know, the sur- it was a plastic surgeon actually who did most of it um, along with an orthopedic surgeon. But I had like... I think it was bursas in my leg. And then I also had an infected suture in there from like 2014. Oh, wow. So once they like cleaned everything up and closed me up and it all healed, then I was like able to walk pain-free. Before Mm. that, my prosthetist and I could not figure out what was causing my pain because the prosthetic leg I'm wearing now is the one that was causing me so much pain in like 2018, 2019. And then I had the surgery in 2020 and now it feels like it fits like a glove. So that's a great bit of advice because, you know, any, any amputee you speak to, if they're having pain, we all immediately blame the prosthetist prosthetist or the, the, you know, the prosthetic itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. In my case, it was my leg was the problem, the problem. It was very injured and we couldn't see on the outside what was wrong with it. And that's also why I waited so long for most of 2019. I had to use crutches. I was like in so much pain when I was walking and it's all because of what was happening like internally. Yeah. 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 And from like 2012 to 2018, you said, were you having a lot of pain at all from I was, yeah. It was like off and on. Like 2012 was fine. 2013, the bone spurs got bad. Mm. 2014, I had surgery. 2015, I was pretty good. 2016, pretty good. But the screw was hurting. So I got that removed in 2016. 2017, pretty good. 2018, pretty good. 2019, awful. (laughs) So it's always, I always say like, um, disability is never linear. Like oh, it's yeah. never it's like, yeah, yeah. It's so up and down. Yeah. 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 Well, it's so interesting for me because obviously I, we meet with so many, uh, um, amputees and I hear stories all the time of like people being great for four years and then yeah. bad and then great again and yeah. then good again. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason. I feel like sometimes right. some people are super active and they run all the time and they're fine and other people aren't active, but they have more problems. And it's like, yeah, our bodies are just some people's bodies are very good at coping with it. And some people's aren't. Mm-hmm. And then also the way they get amputated, talking about phantom pains. Yeah. When we were talking to, um, crap, I forgot her name. Or, uh, his Joe? name. No, not Phyllis Joe. Steve. The, Perfect. the, the huge dude that was a rugby player. Justin. A rugby player yeah, with he a was prosthetic like six, leg? Six, nine, Huge. massive wow. rugby player. And we gave him a levitate blade leg. We gifted him. Oh, one. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But he yeah. was talking about um, when you when you're when you get amputated, if it's like a planned thing, if it takes time, then you never have phantom pains. And if it's like a freak accident, you usually have a lot of phantom pains because you didn't have time to prepare. Yeah, but that's so I'm the opposite of what you think. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. kind of the opposite of what I think at I know. this point, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And then I was just going to tie it back to, like, how also the surgeries after must have an effect of, like, you think that surgery is going to fix it. And then if it gets worse after the surgery, now it's like, well, that kind of 
screwed up my thought process on having surgery was supposed to help me. Now right. it's even worse. And so you're having well, multiple surgeries. I think an surgeries. important thing that you noted was a revision surgery through a plastic mm-hmm. surgeon, which is something I've considered. Because yeah. mine was such a bad accident. They had to cut a lot of the bone out. The bone was destroyed. So mm-hmm. I have very little bone, but they left a lot of the... It's going to sound gross. Like, the meat at the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. now that everything is softened and it's just become a soft right. bottom. And it's like, I don't need all that there. It doesn't serve any purpose. It'd be better to have that cut out. Yeah. So I think I'm probably going to end up going to see a plastic surgeon and asking about that. And that might yeah. help with some of the issues that I'm having currently. Yeah. Yeah. If it's causing you pain for sure. Cause I, I wish I had just done this surgery like way sooner. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> can, says that. Yeah. It's 2020, yeah, right? Right. It's just so frustrating because you don't it, like in my case, I didn't know if it was going to help. You mm. know, I just was like desperate. I was like, I need to walk without pain again. So right. we tried and it worked amazingly, but it is scary because you don't want to go into surgery, not knowing if it's actually like going to help, help you. Yeah. 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 Well, I'd certainly take a, take the shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you have a lot of problem with yours still, right? I mean, yeah. You yeah. Been walk, You were walking around on your Walk 2.0 for four days because the I of, walk. Yeah, yeah. Woke right. Up in a yeah. Of blood right. three days ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. Good. That's so. It's so frustrating. It's so scary. Like I remember. Um, I think it was like a year, a year and a half after I became an amputee, um, I started having the pain again, and I was shopping with my mom, and I got to the car, and I was like, I need to check my leg. It really hurts, and there was like a pool of blood. Mm. And it just, it's so scary and it's so um, mentally exhausting, I think. Like it causes so much anxiety too when your leg isn't doing well because then it's like, I want to go shopping, but is it going to like cause me too much pain? Am I going to not be able to walk the next day, you know? And I used to live in New York City. I was in the city for eight years and... Everything's walking down there. Everything is walking. So I was like, I'm going to be that flaky friend because I don't know if I'm going to make it out of the house after doing this thing, you know? And it was just mentally so draining. Like I could even cry right now thinking about it because it was so hard, you know? Just being like, well, I feel good today, but tomorrow might be awful. And I know so many people with disabilities who feel this way. A lot of people with chronic pain um, who call themselves spoonies, like they deal with this all the time, feeling like the flaky friend because yeah. of pain, not allowing you to live your life the way you want to. Yeah, I yeah. certainly deal with that. I mean, yeah. even like I plan for it. Like yeah. we have the Levitate test run. You're coming in Boston? Uh, or you're coming to the one in the Jersey? One in Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's one in Boston the weekend before. Okay. I think it's the 14th or 15th. I'm going to go to that one. And then I'm going to go to the one in Jersey. And I well, already know every day in between the two, yeah. I'm not going to be using my prosthetic leg because wow. it's going to be in so much, my leg's going to be in pain from running right. around all day. Wow. Which yeah. sucks, but I'm hoping that the more I do it, the more my leg will get used to it. And eventually yeah. that problem will go away. And I also still believe I'm shrinking. Yeah. I don't know how long it took. Like, I'm sure your leg's at a point now where it's shrunk down mm-hmm. to where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fluctuation. I mean, are you changing sock sizes throughout the day a lot? No, not really. I mean, after like the five-year mark, I think it really started to stay a little more consistent. Right. Yeah. So I'm not there yet. Yeah. No, yeah. still having issues, but I'm doing a lot. I'm very yeah. active. That's but awesome. There's certainly pain. Like this morning yeah. was the first day I put it on. Was I wearing it yesterday? Yeah. Not You were wearing your eye walk. No, yesterday I was wearing it. The, every day before. What's it? Mm. My I prosthesis. Oh. 
I was wearing the iWalk, which the iWalk, I don't know if you know about what that is. Have I haven't tried it. it. Oh, no. you need to buy one. Yeah. I'll buy you yeah. one. You <laughs> know it will change your life. I almost bought it, but then I was having some pain by my knee when my in 2019. So I was nervous if I use that instead of crutches, it would be too hard on my knee. I'm telling but, you, if you use it, yeah. they make the iWalk 3.0 now and it's got a gel pad for your leg. Ooh. I'm telling you, you'll never use crutches again. I promise okay. you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to get one. You would love it. I yeah. love it. I use it every single cool. day. I shower with it. It. Wow. Because like you shower with crutches or you have to sit? I sit. I have like a cute little stool. I have stool. a bench too, but I prefer yeah. standing. Yeah. See, my only thing is like I have so much hair. When I wash this hair, I'm like so nervous that I'll lose balance and fall. Well, on that thing, but, it's just like standing. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing as being okay. an above the knee with a prosthesis on. Cool. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll have to get that. You should for, definitely Because I travel try. so much. Like I'm going to Chicago next week for a speaking gig mm-hmm. at a school and I'm really excited because it's like I normally speak to college students and high school students about disability inclusion mm-hmm. but this time I'm speaking to like little preschoolers Aww. in like first second third grade and um yeah when I travel I bring my crutches because I don't like to hop to go to the bathroom at night like right. I use my leg constantly now yeah. but at night I take it off of course you right. don't sleep with a prosthetic leg on which a lot of people don't know but you don't sleep with I it on once, but that's because I yeah. drank too much oh no <laughs> that's not good I uh, know uh, yeah, so you take your prosthetic leg off, but then to get to the bathroom, like I have herniated discs in my back. I'm like, Oof. I'm too old to be hopping around. Yeah. So I bring my crutches still and I travel, but they're so like big and long and bulky. Like maybe the eye walk, I should I'm telling invest. you, I use it. Yeah. You know, when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, yeah. I, it takes two seconds to put on. I'm telling you, awesome. you'll try it, I'll change your life. Awesome. Because I okay. hate okay. crutches. I can't yeah. deal with them. They make me so wow. angry. See, you I've can't carry good anything them. around. I cheat. I put the weight under my arms and I carry things in like both hands sometimes. But that's dangerous too. You can fall doing that. It's not good for you. I don't fall. I've gotten really good. It's It's been 11 years, you know. I wish I brought my eye walk. I was going to bring it today too because my leg is obviously in a ton of pain today. Yeah. So I was going to switch on and off of it. I I wish I could have showed it to you. Yeah. Uh, But that thing's awesome. Cool, cool. Oh Um, my gosh. There was something else I was going to say about like pain and the mental like toll it takes and now it's completely slipped my mind. Maybe it'll come back It does dream though. Like when I'm not feeling good on my leg, my days are just, they drag. It makes everything so much harder to just accomplish. Yes. And then also like when you can't wear your leg and you have to use crutches or the eye walk or a wheelchair or whatever, I feel like those days I get very depressed. Mm. It feels like I have failed somehow, Uh you know? Like I tend to like blame myself for medical things that are out of my control just because I'm such a control freak. I want to like be able to control everything. And when I can't, I blame myself. And even though it's out of my control, I still get like very depressed and anxious. And I have to remind myself, like these are mobility aids. They are tools for my life. They are nothing to be ashamed about, like using crutches, using the iWalk. I know a lot of amputees who use wheelchairs to get around on their off days, like that is great. That yeah. is nothing to be like, ooh, what did no, I you do wrong? Beat yourself you know? Up about it yeah. At all. I know. I was like trying to be more gentle. Easier with said myself, than done, though. Right? You're yeah. still struggling with yeah. that eleven years later? 
you know, I'm not now, but like in 2019 I was, you know, like now I can go lift weights and then go for a run and walk the dog and be fine. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. 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 We even like built a home gym, which has been really fun. I can deadlift 145. (laughs) I can hip thrust 200 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool. It's been cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I probably can't even deadlift. Well, I know from him because me and him hang out so much and we obviously work together when he's struggling with his, his leg when he's having a bad day. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Like Tony gets, Tony gets moody still. Very yeah. moody. Yeah. Little moody. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we mm-hmm. call him now? Spammy Tony or whatever. But I like pain is pain is a universal feeling that we all know. It and is. we all know what it feels like to have be in physical pain. Yeah. And not to, like I, I fractured a rib a couple weeks ago and I'm just miserable. Like I'd wake yeah. up and I, as soon as you get up and you have to like crunch up, I'm pissed off the oh. whole day because I have a fractured rib. You know, yeah. it's like we don't. Yeah, I, obviously, I don't know what it's like to lose a leg, but I can imagine yeah. the constant pain is just draining and brutal. And eventually, I'm sure it becomes kind of mm-hmm. part of the monotonous day. Right. But it's no joke. It isn't, and I also feel like that's part of the reason why there's a bunch of disability like stereotypes out there when it comes to portrayals in TV and film. I actually made a film that was like mocking all of the different types. And I, I put it into four categories, the hospital patient, the dead body, the angry veteran, and, um, Oh my God, I'm going to forget the other one. But I was like making funny fun of the way disability is portrayed. And I think a lot of time people with disabilities are seen as angry, um, and it's like funny or like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump. It's oh, yeah. like, we're always mm-hmm. angry, like Captain Hook. We always have like vengeance and anger in our hearts. Um, and I think it's a stereotype because like, yeah, it is easy to get angry when you're in pain every day, oh, you yeah. know, like it does stem oh, from yeah. truth somehow, but I would like to see more complex portrayals of disability that aren't just like the angry villain, you right. know? I also yeah. see like, you know, for the most part, our experience with amputees is they're extremely, what's the word? Just like conquerors. Like a lot of them have been challenged with this new disability and then everything you do becomes conquering, right? So it's like, oh, can't walk up steps. Well, now I can run upstairs and it's the little things. And then it just progressively gets larger and larger. And now we see amputees that are snowboarding and doing things that most people can't even do. And that's been my experience with amputees so far is they're all doing outstanding things that most people don't do. You're an actress, you're a singer, you're a writer. Like you do a lot of really cool stuff that hasn't slowed you down at all. And that's why we like to give people like you the spotlight. But it's like, that's the side you don't see portrayed in movies and film. And it's like, why isn't that it? Because for my, like, uh, and I'll say it again, from through my experience, that's all I see in amputee so far. Maybe right. I haven't met any of the ones who are really struggling then, but. They exist, but a lot of us are just like people with complexities and like, I'll be happy one day, sad the next. Like it's, yeah. we run the gamut. And I feel like I'm, I'm just so tired of seeing amputees only as military veterans on TV. I want to see us as so much more. I don't think I've met one that was a military vet yet. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. Funny? Yeah. And that's probably the, when you get asked. Oh no, I do know one or two actually. When you're seen in public, I mean, everyone's like, 
Do you yeah. serve in the military? That's Thank like you for the standard question, right? I've like, even gotten that. And oh, I'm like, what time. about me speaks? I mean, not to stereotype military veterans, but you know, I have a gold sparkly prosthetic yeah. leg. Like what about <laughs> me screams military veteran to you? Look at you this know? military haircut. You look like a <laughs> yeah, military. You got all time. Thank you for your services. Yeah. You're welcome. I, yeah. you know I know. And then it's like, how do you respond? Normally I'm just like, Mm-hmm. And keep oh, for me, it, it, yeah. everyone goes, did you surf? And I go, nah, motorcycle. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they go, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. All right, then have a good day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah. Right. I want to talk more about her career. Yep. Is that where you're that's, going? That's exactly all what right. I was going to ask. So you're writing now. We're talking all about amputee awareness. What is your goal when you're writing a film, producing a, uh, a movie, or just being well, an Well, let's actress? also note that you're... you're career has gone not just from acting but mm-hmm. you're writing and mm-hmm. producing yeah that's yeah. big so now you're doing both sides of the camera I do I love writing and producing I started in 2014 the first year of the disability film challenge because at that point I was still a new amputee I had graduated with a musical theater degree and wasn't getting the auditions I wanted so I started to write the stories that I wanted to be in that I wanted to see Mm. so that first year of the Disability Film Challenge, I wrote like a romantic comedy called Disability. It's about a girl going on a first date like a for website. the first time, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it does. That the new match.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I won Best Actor. And then mm. from there, I just like kept writing, kept producing. I have like a full script um, for a feature film called Hope for the Holidays that stars four actors with disabilities mm. that I'm trying to get produced now. Um, and I have a pilot script called Lame about a group of female friends with disabilities. Um, it's sort of like girls, Lame, but funny. not girls. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just always trying to find new ways into the disabled experience that we haven't seen before on TV. And a lot of my work gets produced because of the disability film challenge, because it's such a quick turnaround and everyone works for free because with the rules, like to keep everything fair, everyone has to be a volunteer. So every year I gather together a group of people who are willing to put in a few days of work for free to create something to promote disability inclusion. And every year I'm just like, dumbfounded by the generosity of the people I find. Um, mm. Like this year, our our DP was um, Daniel Cho, who came back again to donate his time and his amazing like camera equipment. And my co-director, Ka- uh, Katrina, she just like donates her time every year to make something really special. And we have always such a like amazing mix of people with and without disabilities and such an amazing mix of different disabilities. Mm. Like this year I starred in the film and my co-star was Lachi, who is an incredible blind singer. Um, and then, uh, the film also starred Imani Barberin, who's an incredible, um, disability advocate, very famous on social media. And she has CP, Um, And then like my co-producers, Shannon Ryan, who's hard of hearing. Um, My co-director Katrina uh, has a knee injury that will not heal. Um, And our first AD has um, a disability called achalasia that affects his esophagus. And we have, you know, people who are neurodiverse on the team. So it's like really 
it's such a special experience to be on a set with so many people with disabilities who just get it, you know, mm -hmm. like they get That's what we're wild. doing. They I didn't get even the know message. It was, there was that many layers to it. I thought yeah. you were just doing films about it, but literally everyone involved yeah. has yeah. a disability. That's incredible. Yeah. For the disability film challenge, you only have to have one person with a disability in front of the camera, behind the scenes. But we always like to have many people with disabilities because there are so many of us out there working in this industry. Mm -hmm. And yet we are still so unseen. So I always like to make it a point to have a lot of people behind the camera as well with disabilities. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now let's talk a little bit about the latest film you put out, if we're allowed to. I know I got to see something before it came yeah, out. Yeah, so you I got the sneak preview. I don't know how much preview. we're allowed to talk about it. <laughs> But, you know, we can cut anything we need to. Yeah. But tell us a little bit more about that. You're the the co-star. She was actually blind. I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it yeah. was just for the... That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She's an incredible blind singer. She uh, started losing her sight and now she is um, technically blind. Like she still has some vision. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also a misconception. Like a lot of people who are are legally blind, still have a little bit of sight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lachi was absolutely incredible to work with. Like I wrote this film and I originally wrote it for a man with autism as that role, mm. as my co-star, because it's a love story. And um, I wanted it to be like about, you know, someone who's having a hard time revealing like that they may have a disability or that they've been struggling to get a diagnosis. And then I talked to Lachi and I knew I wanted it to be musical and I knew she was an incredible singer. And I was like, yeah, her voice we is... have to rewrite this role for you. And so she story edited with me and wrote it with me. And um, I think we came up with something really special. Um, it's definitely not a story I think that has been seen before. Because um, we play, you know, two women who fall in love. And I have my disability from the start of the film. And then gradually, like, we, our, our connection fades. And I ask her, like, are you cheating on me? What is happening? Mm. And she reveals that she has been struggling to get a diagnosis with her eyes and the doctors think it might be RP and she might eventually go blind. Um, and then we come together and we, you know, um, still like stay in love and work on the relationship like, and, overcome it you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a misconception too. It's like, as soon as you become disabled, your partner will leave you. And it's like, yes, that happens, but also sometimes it can work out too. And especially since my, my character already had a disability, I feel like she was more like in tune with like, this isn't the end of the world. We're right. going to get through this. Becoming disabled is not the end of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a powerful message. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, I met my now fiance after my accident mm. uh, so we just like deal with it together yeah like, and it's just part of both of our lives yeah yeah so, like i think if people feel that someone's going to look at you differently because of your disability like maybe they won't like don't have right. that in your head right because that, that's a powerful message yeah thank you that. Yeah, hey, you yeah. met Michaela, what, a year after your accident? Yeah, I ask her that all the time. I'm like, you went for the dude at the gym with one leg? <laughs> I think there's something wrong with her, not me. <laughs> right. I say that to my fiancé, too. I'm like, Grant, why did you choose me? Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, yeah, I think, um, especially once you become disabled, there's still, like, so much you have to offer and sometimes even more. Like before I became an amputee, I feel like I was less empathetic, less of a strong mm. person. And now I feel like I'm a better version of myself. And you have so much insight. 
Yeah. Like yeah. you need to go through things in your life yeah. to have more insight. And like, that's something we mm-hmm. uncover in almost every episode that we talk about is like those who have been through the mud, they know a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, and so I think it serves everyone who's done, who's been through it. Yeah. That might just be my experience so far, but can you think of one the, amputee who hasn't become a better person because of what happened to them? Say, yeah. Every, every single one I talk to. test run we go to, it's wow. like we meet the best people. Everyone's so kind. And I, more than kind, they're like just amazing people. They got stories to tell. They're fun to hang out with. They're, they're kind to people. They're empathetic. Everyone's like, you go to the, as soon as you walk in the test run, you know, if you go to events, I go to a lot of business events and stuff. You go to a business event, instantly it's like, clicky and like hard to get into the mix and like there's a thing going on over here and you can't come in when you go to these amputee events you walk in and it's just like everybody's everyone's friends yeah. immediately yeah. you know what i mean there's <laughs> no wait till you of, see at the test run in yeah. jersey it's awesome the community is like it's so loving and yeah it's awesome well that's Good how job. i met um i went to a challenge athletes foundation event like it feels like a billion years ago and that's how I met Denise who was in one of my films from the disability film challenge Mm. called how much am I worth and she moved to Norway but I met her at a running clinic um in New or in New York City and uh we got to talking and stayed friends and then when I made how much am I worth I was like I need to interview you Denise because it's all about how hard it is to get prosthetic legs and wheelchairs approved by insurance Mm. and in Norway everything's free she can get a running leg for free they don't need foundations like the Challenge Athletes Foundation. They don't need the Heather right. Abbott Foundation because they just get what they need. I almost forgot mm. that you yeah. did a lot of work in that uh, with that mission. Yeah. Like you were yeah. a big advocate of F the system, which, you know, <laughs> like we are too. That's why we're doing the, you know, I do a lot of work with Levitate, I'll call it, because he's trying to bring blade legs straight to consumer right. which cuts out all the bs right. and that's why you know when we chose a company to work with to do the donating we yeah. chose him because dollar for dollar we can do a lot more work and we want to spread his me- message which is like break the system right like over there i think they it's easier than here but still it's like if you can't afford these things you can't run right and it's like what Running they should, is a, should I mean, be a right for everyone. The moment that hit me in my interview with Denise for this film, How Much Am I Worth, was when she said, society just believes these should be provided to you. Like, it's still your life. You should be able to do the things you want to do. Mm. And I thought that was so powerful because here in America, we have to fight just to walk again. Like my insurance and in New York state, they had something that was like one limb per lifetime. Right. Your ability to walk or Uh, run is is (laughs) decided by an insurance underwriter. Mm -hmm, What? mm -hmm. It's not like we're asking for, you know, the Mercedes of prosthetic legs. (laughs) Like, I want a leg so I can walk. And a lot of times they fight you on that. Right. They it's will insane. fight you on that. Like I have United Healthcare right now and their policy isn't much better. And I just think these huge insurance companies are trying to save as much money as they can and not allowing people with disabilities to live their lives. Right. Like they make it so hard for us. Insurance companies, I basically are like saying F you to all people with disabilities. Because it's a business. It's all all in the name of making money rather than uh, 
you know, just people having the right to live a normal life. Yeah. Which, you know, in a lot of ways I agree with um, business practice, but there's, there's some things I think that should be off limits to it, it coming down to the bottom line. And this is certainly one of them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My friend Andrea Dalzell, who is a nurse who uses a wheelchair, had to wait seven years for a, for a new wheelchair to be approved. Yeah, and it's all oh, because of money. These things money. are so, right. they're expensive and they don't need to be. Like the whole medical industry, oh my God, don't get me on this subject. Oh, yeah, Everything is marked up so much. So much. The yeah. whole system is completely broken. Yeah. And it make, who does it affect the most? people who are sick and disabled who can't work, you know, like when the pandemic happened, I was so mad at SAG-AFTRA, the actors union, because they raised the minimum that you have to earn to qualify for health insurance. So here we are in the middle of a pandemic where everyone is getting sick and no one is working and they're raising it. So it's harder to get health insurance to get the care that you need. Yeah. I mean, that's just a sign of how backwards everything is. Yeah, it's infuriating. Oh my gosh, not to darken the mood. No, yeah. <laughs> the healthcare system's it's broken. But that's why yeah. we're fighting crazy. against it. Yeah. And it's good that we have these conversations to yeah. bring some light to it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully make a change. And that's why I keep making these films too, because I feel like the more representation we have of disability that's just in your face, we are here, right. like the better the world will become. Why don't me and you make yeah. a film? Yeah. And we just show someone in the process of trying to get approved for a new life. <laughs> for real. Let's I'll do it. Let's actor. do it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll nail Tony's been role. trying to be an actor for a while. He's trying to get on everybody's show. Oh, okay. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Do a little plug for uh, for the show you have coming yeah. out. Where can you find it? Yeah. What's the title exactly. for it? Yeah. Plug yourself yeah. all around. Okay. Where can yeah. you find it? What's oh your gosh. Instagram? Everything. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to look right into the camera for this. Um, <laughs> so the show, the film that I just made is called Unlucky in Love, and it will be posted on the Disability Film Challenge YouTube channel, so you can watch it there or Facebook or Instagram. And it's a really sweet romantic comedy. And I forgot to mention, it's a musical. I didn't mention that, but it's a full on musical that we made in five days. So I'm super proud of this. And, you know, it's just like getting back to my musical theater roots. Like I haven't done a musical in so long. I did a show off Broadway, which was really cool, but it was a play, not a musical. So I'm very excited for people to get to hear us sing and see the love yeah, story. Yeah, you also and have a beautiful that. voice. Thank you. So I, <laughs> I, went, I paid a lot that. of money for that voice. So thank you. <laughs> uh, lessons. There's Lots not enough lessons. money in this world for me to sing like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what about where else can we find you? YouTube, oh, yeah. Instagram. Instagram, I'm at bionic.brunette. Twitter, I'm at Rachel Handler. And TikTok, I'm at bionic.brunette. Yeah. All right. Um, like and then the last final thing, question? I oh. ask everyone this. Oh, okay. At the end of the day, what is your message to everyone out there? Oh, my God. You're going to hit me with that <laughs> right now? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, my... Uh, my message is just to be kind to people. You never know what someone's going through. So always lead with kindness. Yeah. That's yeah. a powerful one. Yeah. I think I it's, it. that's understated. Everyone yeah. should be a little more kind. Yeah. The world would be a better place. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you very much. We're excited to awesome. see what the future holds for you. And I'm wishing you luck uh, at this year's event. Thank for, you uh, for the, the film challenge. Yeah. The film yeah. challenge. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. I'm two dudes, three legs. Thanks for joining in.